Welcome to First Reading, the adventurous Old Testament lectionary <laughs> podcast. I'm Tim McNinch, Assistant Professor of Hebrew Bible at Christian Theological Seminary. And I'm Rachel Wren, Assistant Professor of Biblical Studies at Trinity Lutheran Seminary at Capital University. Our beloved co-host, Rosie Candethal, has this week off. The third Sunday of Advent is coming up on December 11th, and Tim, you're here to do our listeners' sermon prep, right? <laughs> right. Ah, no. Uh, actually, <laughs> I have something a little out of the ordinary for our listeners this week. The first reading for Advent 3 is Isaiah 35, 1 to 10, which is a beautiful prophetic poem about the restoration of Zion, and it's it's stuffed with these images of the reversal of fortunes. I, uh, I actually hosted an episode on that text the last time it came around in the lectionary. So preachers out there, if you're thinking of using that as your sermon text, just search Isaiah 35 on our website and it'll pop right up. Fair enough. So you said you have something out of the ordinary. Are you, what are you doing? Are you looking at the Psalm? Are you picking up something from the New Testament? (laughs) Well, let's not get crazy here. Uh, (laughs) I I do actually want to look at the Psalm, uh, which is Psalm 146, verses 5 to 10. But what I have for us isn't so much like our normal preaching pitfalls and preaching angles, but it's more like a sort of uh, insider baseball for those of us who are interested in the language of the Hebrew Bible. Well, you know, I'm a Hebrew nerd, so you got at least one interested listener. (laughs) Well, that's affirmation enough for me. (laughs) Anyway, here's what I want to show you in Psalm 146. Uh, If you have a Hebrew Bible, you know, like BHS or Access in Accordance or Logos or something, Pull up Psalm 146 and take a look at it with me. There's, there's something very beautiful going on in this poem that often gets obscured by our English translations. Okay, now you really have piqued my interest. Okay, let me get mine up in my accordance. All right, I'm with you. Go ahead. All right, so the lectionary reading starts in verse 5, but mm-hmm. of course you know what I'm going to say next. Oh, please be read the whole poem. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Why would you slice a short poem in half just to save like 30 seconds of reading, right? Exactly. So the first four verses are a kind of setup for the really cool thing that I want to show you in 5 to 10. But really, there's some great aural poetry happening in those first few verses. It starts out with three different forms of the verb halel to praise. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, et Adonai, Adonai, And then it goes on uh, with some just really cool, like uh, alliteration in verse three, which uh, it's just fun to hear. Al tiftahu vin divim ben Adam she'en lot shua. And then there's this string of of uh, ooh vowels in verse four. They'd say, Rucho Yashuv Admato Bayom Hahu Avdu Eshtonotav. Oh, that's so cool. I love the way the, the sound like rolls like that and you get the rhythm and mm. yeah, poetry's so multi-sensory. It's not just the conceptual form of the lines, but just the the patterns and the sounds themselves. Yeah, there's like a there's like a cadence to it. And it's mm-hmm. just getting ramped up here. The mm-hmm. the poet's just getting warmed up. So after advising the worshiper to avoid putting their trust in human saviors in those first few verses, the poem shifts in verse 5 on that wisdom word, ashrei, mm-hmm. happy, fortunate, 
wise. Mm. So Ashrei are those who trust uh, not in human leaders, but in instead in the God of Jacob, in, mm. in Adonai, the Holy One. And then something really cool happens, and this is why this psalm makes an appearance whenever I teach Hebrew. <laughs> and when we get to that glorious little grammatical diva, the participle. <laughs> <laughs> grammatical diva. I well, it, it is, because right? the, the rest of this poem is like, like a slam poetry litany of participle after participle after mm. participle. And those silly translators, they always mix things up in English and make this a list of things that God has done or is doing with a, with a mix of past and present tense English verbs. Mm. And while that still makes for a lovely poem, I feel like it misses the punch of this string of participles in the mm. Hebrew. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So falling on board with the passion for Hebrew grammar and the, the little <laughs> diva the participle, but let's back up and make sure we bring everybody with us. So a Hebrew participle, quite simply, is a kind of verb. Right. And it shows, it inflects, it shows the gender and the number of the subject. Exactly. So masculine or feminine subject and singular or plural. Right. But it doesn't tell us anything about the person or the tense. So it could be past, present, or future. And it often has a sense of action that's performed like habitually, past, present, and future. Yes, yes, yes. And, and it's that sense of habitual action that helps participles often pretend to be kind of like a noun. Yeah. Uh, like, like a sort of title. I often use the English example of the verb to run. The, the participle form in English would use usually like a gerund form. It would be something like running. Mm-hmm. And you don't know from that verb form whether that's past or present or future or all of mm -hmm. the above. Yeah, right. So in English, we have to use a helper verb. They were running in the past, they are running in the present, and they will be running in the future. Exactly. And for habitual action, if we wanted to use a single word, instead of saying like the cumbersome, someone who runs all the time, <laughs> then we would call that person a... A runner. Bingo. So... Back to Psalm 146, verses 6 through 10, there's this string of these habitual participles that I think are less about describing God's past or present actions generically and are more about naming the habitual nature of the God of Jacob. Mm. So it's not in verse 6, as the NRSV renders it, God who made heaven and earth once upon a time. It's simply... <laughs> Mm. maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. Like, like you might find on God's business card, right? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's how the JPS translates that verb ose here, by the way. Mm. Although even in the JPS, then they switch to a bunch of different inflected English verbs, uh, kind of like the NRSV after that. And this might sound like a kind of nitpicky thing over how to translate this one little word, like who made versus maker. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the poem, it really wallops you over the head in Hebrew as it piles up participle after participle mm. in verses 6 to 10. Mm. Because, of course, the other thing about participles is that in the Kal form, that grammatical form, the vowels of participles rhyme, o eh. So as you hear verses 6 to 10 in Hebrew, you get this kind of auditory wave of oe, oe, oe. 
It's osé, shomer, osé, noten, pokeach, zokev, ohev, shomer. Wow. So you really would want to pick this up and demonstrate it in the English by translating them as titles rather than actions, right? Yes. I mean, this, this poem is about things that God has done, sure, but it describes what God does by giving God a string of names, mm. titles. Mm. It's, a, it's a litany of praise for what God has done by naming who God is. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Do you have do you have a translation done? We could hear what those like habitual participles would sound like in English. Yes, I'd love to share that with you. Um, so let me pick up in verse five where the lectionary does, and I'll give you my translation, and you can kind of hear. And Rachel, since you're seeing my notes, you can see <laughs> how how this plays out when these are are translated as titles. So yeah. starting in verse five, Ashrei, fortunate are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Holy One, their God, maker of sky and land and sea and all that is in them, guardian of truth forever, doer of justice for the exploited, giver of bread to the hungry. The Holy One is liberator of those bound, the Holy One is opener of closed eyes. The Holy One is lifter of those bowed down. The Holy One is lover of those righteous. The Holy One is guardian of refugees. Orphan and widow, God will surround with help, but the path of wicked ones, God will confound. The Holy One will reign forever. Your God, Lady Zion, from generation to generation, praise the Holy One. Oh, I love that. You, I mean, you really hear the musicality of it. It punches. So maker, guardian, doer, giver. And the repetition of that holy one is, I mean, it almost, it, it started to sound like a song as you said it over and over again. You really get the power of it. I don't mm. know. I, I think, I think you could preach that. I mean, I know it sounds like preaching the participle, like doesn't sound like a great sermon <laughs> idea, but just this idea that so often we talk about what God does and maybe sometimes the impact gets lost, but that impact can be resurrected when we talk about not just what God does, but who God is. So God does not just liberate us. God is our liberator. I think of Ruth, you know, and Boaz, you are my Goel, you are my redeemer, not just you have mm -hmm. the right to do this, but you are the one. Um, I yeah, don't know. Another great I, participle. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a sermon there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you if if your congregation doesn't immediately turn off anytime you mention Hebrew, yeah. then you could definitely preach the participle here. <laughs> I love it. But at the same time, I expect that most preachers are going to be focusing on one of the other readings for this week. And I just wanted to give you all something you know, for your own enrichment and meditation as you reflect on the Hebrew text. And, you know, maybe if you read this psalm as part of your liturgy, you might think about swapping in these divine titles to get that punch of the of the slam poetry feel of the original Hebrew. I love it. I don't think you should sell it short. I think y'all should preach this. Preach the, preach the participle, folks. Preach the participle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Tim, for keeping us in touch with our Hebrew grammar and see where it helps us sing. Always a joy. 
Well, thank you all for listening to another episode of First Reading. Would you believe it? We are coming up on our 200th episode. I'm having a tough tough time believing that. That's crazy. I know. We have a party episode planned for that milestone in a couple weeks, so make sure to tune in for that. Mm -hmm. As you probably know, all those back episodes are available and searchable on our website, firstreadingpodcast.com. Please consider supporting our work by donating there or by sharing your favorite episodes with the Hebrew Bible lovers in your life. We're looking forward to being with you next week. Until then, I'm Rachel Wren. And I'm Tim McNinch. Have a great week. Ah, nicely done. That was fun. That was fun to do Hebrew. It is. <laughs>